I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to episode 291 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Every week, we tackle a different ingredient, dish, or style of cuisine, sharing our favorite recipes and learning from our wonderful guests. Today, we have something extra special lined up, and we're going to be talking about food media, specifically visual food media, which should be really interesting and esoteric to talk about on an audio medium. Uh, But before we dig into that, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important to remember that the lands that we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. If you're anything like me, you probably consume a lot of food media. Whether I'm scrolling through Instagram looking at countless photos of greasy cheeseburgers or watching Guy Fieri make people run around a grocery store for hours every week, visual food media is a huge part of my life. But what does it take to make food actually look good in a photo or video? I mean, sure, anyone with a decent smartphone can take a decent picture of their lunch. I do it most days. But it takes something extra to actually stand out. So today, I'm talking to a couple of my friends who've managed to build an audience doing just that, making food look good. First up, I'm talking to Rojara Armbrister. Rojara's food Instagram, at KissMyTongs, features awesome photos of lots of local Montreal-area favorites, and she runs giveaways with a lot of them as well. If you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen I actually won one of her giveaways not that long ago with Salumi Tassoni, a Laval-based Italian charcuterie company. It was awesome. I could talk about that for hours, but I'll save it for another time. Rojara, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Tom. So uh, you identify as a food photographer and also a foodie. How did you kind of get plugged into that scene and that community in Montreal? So I'm going to take you all the way back just to start. So I was actually born and raised in the Bahamas. And one of the things that my mom and I did as a bonding activity was we always tried out the different restaurants uh, for our like weekly mother-daughter date. So it's been something that like discovering new restaurants and the dining is something that I've always loved and always wanted to do. Fast forward to when I came to Montreal. And when I was in university, I didn't get to cook as much. I didn't get to go out as much. So there was this period in between ending university and finding a job where I fell in love with cooking again. And then I fell in love with food again. And my Instagram actually started as a home cooking, home recipes, things that I made in my kitchen. And it was really creative. And I tried different like paleo diets and uh, all kinds of cool, visually appealing home cooked meals. And then I got a job and no longer (laughs) had the time that I once did to dedicating it. So I wasn't as active in the kitchen anymore. And then I started getting back into the Montreal food scene and back into like the restaurant discovery phase because I had more time to eat out than I did to spend in the kitchen cooking. So when I started the Instagram, like I said, it was just home cooked meals. And then for a while I was not active because I wasn't in the kitchen anymore. And then I went out with a friend for brunch one morning and she said, well, what's going on? You used to post on Instagram all the time. You were always so active. And 
I said, well, I don't have the time I did anymore. I want to get into the uh, food photos of the re- the restaurants I'm visiting and the food that I'm eating when I'm out. But I just haven't figured out what my angle is. I haven't figured out how I want to do it. And she said, we were actually at Sparrow. And she said, take a photo of the food that's in front of you right now. <laughs> wow. Like, do it now. And I was like, no, 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 I can't. Like, I haven't figured it out yet. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. She said, no, do it now. So I was like, no. So we went back and forth <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> and that's how it started. I find that like, it's so hard because the scene, the food scene is so competitive amongst food bloggers in Montreal. So it can get, it, it feels really daunting and like really intimidating. And you feel like you have to get it right and it has to be perfect before you just post that first picture. And once I post it, it's been history ever since. I've just been posting and posting and posting and i found that the consist the most important thing is consistency i'd say to getting recognized and getting the followers but for me the quality of the photo for me is a really big thing and my thing is details so i like to capture close shots of food so you can see the textures and you can see the colors and you can see everything that's going on yeah that's it i i was gonna say one of the things that i really appreciate about your account is that it's all like close-up shots of the food because i feel like you get a lot you know of the sort of top down of a plate kind of things which are really nice in and of themselves but they really rely on the like the restaurant having plated it nicely and like you can't always guarantee that's going to be the case right exactly right so i feel like a lot of those top down flat lay images are for me i love them and they're nice but they come across as more lifestyle photos for me which is fine if that's the angle that you're going for but for me i want to see i want to see a picture and be able to taste the food and imagine like all of the flavors through the picture and for me a close-up vivid image of all the textures and the details is what captures that i love that i uh yeah it's funny i one of one of the like main thoughts that i had kind of going into this was like i wanted to pick your brain about like the sort of thought process that goes into getting a good photo of food right and i feel like you just you just got that out of the way right away which is awesome (laughs) (laughs) i uh i really like the uh the idea of tasting food by seeing it because like like i said in the intro of the show i spend a lot of time watching the food network and like that is something that kind of, you know, show after show, you can tell which ones are doing a good job and which ones Mm -hmm. aren't by how well they get the food kind of pictured on screen in a way that like translates from your eyes to your taste buds. What's your like favorite thing to photograph for that reason? You know what? Sandwiches. Interesting. How come? Sandwiches. So it started off like, okay, so at first you, if you go through my Instagram, you'll see like the different I guess, phases that I've gone through. <laughs> and and I, it started off with like, I went to do, I went to a lot of fine dining restaurants. And while it's beautiful to look at, and while the food that I've had is amazing, so this is not a critique of the restaurant, <laughs> I find that there's something about comfort food that photographs and that feels well. You know, like when you're mm. Like when I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see a picture of like a cheeseburger or a really, really nice place, a plate of um, chicken wings or um, a grilled cheese sandwich, I look at them and I'm like, oh my God, I'm craving that now. I want that now. I don't always feel the same with like, oh my gosh, I want that bowl of scallops. (laughs) No, I totally get that. Yeah. It doesn't, I guess, stir up the same emotions. So for me, sandwiches, the textures, 
the colors, the different ingredients, the layers. It's actually, there's so many different elements and there's always so much going on. Um, and I always like to photograph on, um, I guess, a solid background. I don't like to have too many things going on in the background mm. so that the focus really is just the food. How do you guarantee that you'll have like a solid background? Do you, do you just kind of wherever you are, once you've got the food, you kind of look around until you find the right spot or? Well, that's exactly it. And this is where the, I guess it gets kind of funny. So anyone that's ever been out to eat with me is used to my antics now and it doesn't even phase them. But anywhere I go, I get my food. I'm like scoping and scouting out all around me and I will take the food and I will howl the food up against the wall, against the door. I will stand up, I will. And so people in the restaurants are always looking at me crazy. People that are walking uh, past me on the streets are always looking at me like, what are you doing? But those that are with me, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so used to this. So yeah, I just look and find a background. The most recent sandwich I took was actually not even at the restaurant. It was, it was a home next to the restaurant. They had this beautiful green wall. So I was standing in front of their doorway, <laughs> a picture of my sandwich, trying to get the perfect shot. And I was like, please don't let anyone come outside. Please don't let anyone come outside. And luckily enough, no one came outside. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I uh, It's it's funny because I think a lot of the time, uh, so full disclosure, like I'm kind of slowly transitioning my Instagram to be mostly food and pictures of my baby, right? And I have noticed this. <laughs> yeah. And like... You know, uh, I was like, okay, cool. I, I'm going to get to like pick her brain tonight and like find out, you know, how to do this well. And I do find a lot of the time I feel like I'm stuck when it comes to finding a background. And like, mm-hmm. you know, part of that is just the reality of living somewhere where like the sun goes down eventually and the yeah. lights in my house aren't particularly good quality. So I'm like, I got to get photos in a specific part of the house where it's still bright after a certain time of day but I always feel like the background is where I struggle so it's it's cool to hear that you like you really put time and thought into that beyond just like because I think for me I just tend to focus on light source so I would say like if you're taking your photos at home there are so many elements at home that like you probably wouldn't think of oh my god that's the perfect background but it is so bricks like brick walls are my absolute favorite mm. uh, wood any wooden textures like a wooden fence or a wooden gate any wall concrete <laughs> anything <laughs> like that where it's like consistently one texture and one color and not patterned so i i am challenging you tom look around <laughs> i'm going to you'll find something even outside You'll see in the in the next week or two, my Instagram is going to suddenly just pop off. I'm going to be taking much better photos because I'm going to take these things to heart. I'm honestly now I'm just kind of looking around my studio and thinking like the sound, the, the acoustic foam on the walls might be a, a pretty solid background for stuff, honestly. I actually think that would be really cool. <laughs> I might uh, see, see how it comes out. Yeah. We uh, we just ordered some uh, Korean fried chicken for dinner tonight. And, oh, from uh, where? Is it from Olivia's? Uh, no, although I've been wanting to check that place out. And oh, I think my uh, God. I missed out, but I think they had like a free chicken day or something recently. Or, like, I a... actually don't think it's passed yet. I just saw that on Facebook not oh, too long ago. Okay, maybe, maybe I didn't miss that yet. Maybe listeners will have missed that by the time this comes out, but <laughs> I'm going to try to get in on it. I had that for dinner last night and it was, it was wow. It was How? Amazing. How does it stack up to, uh, do you know Mon Ami? Because that's where we order from usually. Yeah. I think Mon Ami is always going to be a classic. Like it's, it held, I'd say, first place 
for a very long time. <laughs> However, I do believe that Olivia has come to dethrone Monami. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. <laughs> I really, like it's. I strongly urge you and encourage you to check it out. That's cool. I um, yeah, because I've been seeing ads for them over the last little while and thinking like their food looks very good so i'm, uh, I'm tempted it but is. you know when you like have a place you really like and then another yeah. place opens up that sells the same thing and you're kind of like i don't know if i can like betray them like that honestly i get that and i have that feeling with like that's how i feel about sushi i have my sushi place and mm-hmm. like i can't go anywhere else <laughs> however i promise you you won't be disappointed and the reason i know you won't be disappointed is because i've had them four times now <laughs> that's and the each time it has been consistently good. The quality has not changed. That's amazing. That's that's always yeah. a good test, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we um the yeah. other this just turned into a conversation about Korean chicken, but you know that happens sometimes. <laughs> uh, the other really good one in our neighborhood is um Kiwa. I haven't heard of that one before. It's uh it's up on Monkland and Harvard, I want to say. It's next door to the dumpling shop. Um, they okay. both opened up within like a few months of each other and okay. are both fantastic. Uh, Kiwa does like Korean food, uh, and their chicken is awesome, but I, uh, well, they probably deliver now. I don't think they like delivered outside of COVID times. Okay. I'm going to have to check it out. So, so coming back to like food photography and Instagram mm-hmm. and like the sort of media side of it, what's mm-hmm. been like, what's been the kind of coolest thing that you've like learned while doing this that you didn't necessarily expect going into it? You have to stay consistent and you feel like you're not getting anywhere. And then once you break into the scene, you will know for sure. I remember when I started, you see all of these Instagram bloggers that are like, I want to get invited to that event. I want to try out this new food. I want to get these like quote unquote privileges. And I worked at it and I worked at it and I worked at it. And now it's too much. It's too much to keep up with. I've had to create a calendar <laughs> to, to like a content creation calendar to say, because once you accept a product or once you visit a restaurant, though most times there isn't, sometimes there's a contract involved. There's no like written contract. Once you're accepting a product or once you're visiting the restaurant, you in some cases are entering into a, a non-written content creation contract (laughs) if i I can put it that way i in order to keep up with it all i've had to like say okay well i'm gonna go to this restaurant on this day if i like it then i'm gonna have to post and turn something around on this day okay cool so if i'm going on if i'm gonna visit the other restaurant on this day then i'm gonna have to post on this day so it becomes a lot and it's a lot to keep up with so i'd say one of the coolest things is how quickly things evolve and I would have never imagined that, like, <laughs> one of the funny things, I met a friend not too long ago, and one of her friends was also with us, and she said, oh my god, oh my god, I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> like, Wait, you do? I get so shy about it. She's like, yeah, I love your stuff. I have, I've actually tried this recommendation from you and this recommendation, and I'm like, oh my god, never in a million years would I have thought that, like, <laughs> this is where we would be, and people would know my account before they knew me right so i'd say that's one of the coolest things getting to create quality content but also get recognized for that content and creating value and i guess in some ways having influence over people's choices i don't 
call myself an influencer, but I do recognize that there's some some level of influence involved. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it, it's cool to kind of be, here's another title that you can take or leave, but like a tastemaker almost, right? Yeah, Where yeah. people people see you eating something and they're like, okay, well, like, I trust her judgment. This is going to be good, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and then they will follow suit. I, I think a lot about that because um, coming back to Guy Fieri again, because this is what I do in life. I just I, I always ask myself, what would Guy do? And uh, like Guy's whole thing is, you know, on diners, drive-ins and dives, he'll visit a restaurant that isn't necessarily huge, but that people yeah. who know it love and he'll yeah. give them some, you know, promotion because of that. And like six months later, the episode will air and you know, within a few days, their sales numbers will like triple. Sometimes they'll, you know, just suddenly, you know, be able to open a a second location or whatever because of the extra bump that he gives them. And I love thinking about how, like, I I like thinking about how you can use the content that you're making to do that even on a smaller scale, right? Where if you have, you know, if you have, (laughs) say, Olivia's Authentic Chicken in NDG, and you like it enough that you post it on your Instagram, and then, like, two or three other people see that and decide, like, okay, like, I'm gonna go buy that next week because of it, you just made that place, like, 30 bucks, right? And that's, you know, it's not the same as, you know, putting them on television and blowing them up, but it does make a little bit of a difference, and I think there's something really cool about that. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, and, like, one of the things I've always, I guess I pride myself in is that anything that, a lot of the things that I post on my account, I have received for free or I have been invited to try. But I always make, when I'm invited, I always make it known from the jump that I'm not going to post it if I don't enjoy it and right. I will stand by it. So I won't say, usually I'd say, well, if I don't enjoy it and it's terrible, we could just pretend like this never happened. I'm not, I'm never going to uh, speak badly about you, but I also will not post it and pretend like it was great. So I really pride myself in that everything that I post, I really want people to try it. And it was something that I enjoyed and it was an experience that I want to share. So yeah, for sure. Without naming names, like how many, what percentage of the time would you say you have to like turn things down in the end? Believe it or not, it doesn't happen very often. I'd say maybe three times uh, in the last two years. Okay. I had something that I said, no, I'm so sorry. I, I want <laughs> to help as much as I can. <laughs> I really can't. Or, wow, that experience was awful. So I'd say maybe three times. Okay. That's really not and, too bad. No, I out of everywhere I've been three times, I think actually a really small number. And it's not to say like, Everywhere I've been has been so amazing, but everywhere I've been has had its highlights and the things that they do well. And in my stories and in my content creation on my post and my feed, those are the things that I would try to highlight Mm -hmm. what they do well and what I actually really, really enjoyed. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I do feel like we're in a good city for that too, right? Where like, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of like bad food in Montreal, don't get me wrong, but like there's also tons of good food. So it does sort of feel like... That those numbers make sense to me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And you touch on a good point because there's so many good restaurants in Montreal that it's very, it, it's not like you can't be bad. <laughs> like if you're a restaurant, you can't be bad or you will not survive just right. because there's so many, so many good options. And that's another one of the things like, so for me to eat at a restaurant more than once, it's something that I absolutely 100% want 
love, in love with, because I've had this thing where I have a list, a rolling list of restaurants, and because there are so many of them, it's never ending. So I'm trying to make my way through this list. So for me to go to one twice, it's like, oh my gosh, you're mind blowing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, you've only got so many meals in a day, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> I love for that. sure for sure yeah well i have i i did have a question for you sure yeah go for it what's your favorite takeout restaurant okay so this is a tricky one because i think i have i have two sort of answers to this and one of them is the answer that i give because it's the one that like we order from the most and it's my favorite for the convenience can i guess is it is it um i can't pronounce it but is it where you had your food from for your birthday? So that actually, <laughs> funny enough, that is my actual favorite takeout restaurant, uh, and that is uh, Chang Kiang. Uh, yeah. It's um, or Yangtze. They, I think they used to be two separate restaurants, and then they merged into one. So now they're like Chang Kiang by Yangtze or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Chinese restaurant on Sherbrooke. Uh, I used to live across the street, and uh, when I did, I would call them for a pickup order, and I would walk downstairs and pick it up, and it would be ready by the time I got outside. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. That that I think is is like kind of cemented as my favorite takeout place. I did try your recommendation for there, by the way. Oh yeah, delicious. What did you end up ordering? Uh, we got their their noodles. Okay, the beef Shanghai. Yes. Yeah, so good we stuff. Got their, we got their general Tao. Uh-huh. We got their signature rice. Okay. Yeah. And I think we got egg rolls. Okay. Sweet. Oh, and we got their um garlic ribs. Ooh, nice! It was, yeah, it was delicious. Fantastic place. I uh, my go-to with them is the peanut butter dumplings and the salt and pepper tofu. Um, oh, nice! Which, like, I'm not a huge tofu person. I frankly don't, you know, really bother with tofu a lot of the time. Uh, but that is the only tofu I will order from a restaurant. It's it's fantastic. So that I think is my like actual favorite takeout place. But I have to give a shout out to Atlas Pizza, which uh, I think is actually just next door to Olivia's that we were talking about before. Um, Atlas is a pizza place in NDG that um, like the pizza's pretty good. Everything is pretty good. The thing that I love about them is their French fries are absolutely perfect. Uh, They're like just the right amount of crunch and they taste really good uh, and they deliver really well and like we order from them all the time because you know we don't always there's four people in our house two of them are children we don't all want the exact same thing for dinner most nights Um, so like if we're ordering takeout most of the time we end up having to order from a place that will like hit everything that each one of us wants and so like if i want a poutine and tefer wants like a caesar salad with grilled chicken and like you know the kids want like hot dogs and french fries there's nowhere else we can order from <laughs> and uh and I, and I see that toby loves french fries <laughs> toby does love french fries he woke up last night he woke up last night and and just said french fries french fries i want <laughs> french fries <laughs> and fell asleep and that's amazing. that's amazing i'm so proud i'm so proud <laughs> that's great that's great how about you favorite takeout place so one of my go-to places is sushi yumi mm-hmm. on Sherbrooke. it's actually not too far away from chinese place that you just mentioned and their sushi is amazing it is my favorite i've had a lot of sushi in this city and there's something that they're putting in that sushi that's making me like 
hooked on it. <laughs> so <laughs> I would suggest checking it out. Sweet. I, uh, I've got it on my list for sure. I, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't do sushi very often because Teffer doesn't like it. But uh... Oh, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, it's not that Teffer doesn't like it. It's that Teffer doesn't like fish or seafood. Okay. So and that makes it a little hard then. <laughs> that's it, you know? So it's like, uh, why, why order sushi? If you've got any like final thoughts on, you know, food media, food photography, foodstagramming, et cetera, et cetera, that you want to leave people with before we wrap up, uh, now's a chance. I would say if you are thinking about breaking into the food blogging scene in Montreal, just do it. Like you have to get started, just post your photos. And while consistency is key, I would urge you to always focus on the quality also. See see if you can find your angle, find your voice, what's your niche, what's gonna make your account stand out um, across the others. Just go for it and learn as you go. And also make friends. Make friends in the foodie scene because these friends will, a lot of the times, always comment on your photos, um, always give you pointers, uh, always give you tips and tricks. We all, I have so many conversations where I talk about equipment, angles. Uh, oh my God, that's such a cool photo. How did you get that shot? I was trying to get the exact same shot and couldn't get it. So make friends and just get started. Nice. I like that. I like the sort of community angle of it. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, Do you have anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Yes. There is a restaurant that I want to plug. Sumac. Have you ever had it? I have not, but I've seen photos and it's uh, it's also on my list. I love, 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 love Sumac. I don't I don't think that they've opened their dining room since Mm COVID-19, but they are doing takeout and their shawarmas are amazing they also have some of the best fries i've ever had Ooh, okay toby's gonna love them (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say now you're speaking toby's language (laughs) yeah and their portions are generous they're they're uh, everything is always very fresh bursting with flavor um and the owner is a really really great guy really cool down-to-earth guy and you can taste the 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 love and the happiness and all of the good things they put into their food so if you haven't tried it i would highly suggest trying sumac awesome thank you for the recommendation of course and where can people find you on instagram at kiss my tongs so k-i-s-s-m-y-t-o-n-g-s and if anyone ever had any questions or looking for recommendations i'm always open to having a quick chat amazing thank you so much rosara this was fun thanks tom for having me I want to take a minute here in the middle of the show to tell you about our episode sponsor, Chaos Labs. That's chaos with a K. Now, Chaos Labs is a production company and indie film studio based in Montreal, Quebec, where I am, and Kelowna, BC, where I am not. Their work is heavily focused on telling real people's stories. And in the spirit of making things look good, the theme of today's episode, Chaos wants to do that for your story. Uh, If you've got a script that you've just been dying to get produced, I got good news for you. Chaos Labs is looking for scripts to produce. So you can hit the link in the description of this episode and pitch your story to Chaos Labs. If they like it, they just might help you make it real, and they'll make it look real good. So again, hit the link in the description of this episode and pitch your script to Chaos Labs. And remember, that's chaos with a K. Now, speaking of things that are sometimes spelled with a K and sometimes spelled with a C, my second guest on today's episode is Kayla Gallagher. That's Kayla with a C. 
Kayla runs the highly successful YouTube channel Panko Bunny, where she makes amazing, colorful baked goods, usually accompanied by her very cute Pomeranians. If you're into incredible baking and or cute dogs, which, like, why wouldn't you be? Both of those are wonderful, delightful, very good things. I cannot recommend her stuff highly enough. Kayla and I first met at YouTube Next Up in Toronto back in 2016. Since then, she's released two cookbooks, Unicorn Food and Mermaid Food, and she has a new cookbook coming out this holiday season. Kayla, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So do you want to just quickly give a little bit of context about who you are and your relationship to food, just so that my listeners can kind of get a sense of who I'm talking to today? Yes. Um, so my name is Kayla. I am a YouTuber slash food blogger. Um, so I have a cooking show on YouTube where I create recipes. I'm actually also a five-time cookbook author as of technically November 20th this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, this year I've spent uh, a lot of time working on three cookbooks. So it's been a very, very crazy year, but definitely very filled with delicious food. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't realize you were up to five already. I So I have unicorn food and I knew about mermaid food. What? So the new one coming out for the holidays is reindeer food. Yes. So reindeer food, um, I shot that one first and that one is coming out first. It comes out on October 20th. Awesome. Um, at least that's when Amazon just decided to release <laughs> it. Um, and then I just finished shooting my dog cookbook. So I have um, a cookbook coming out just like full of dog treats and food that you can feed your dog. And right now I'm working on one called Spooky Food and that's all Halloween themed stuff. The Halloween one I'm guessing won't be done before Halloween if uh, you're working on it currently. Yeah, it's, it's like it's the first cookbook that has worked out well with like the timing of the real world so that it's like actually Halloween so I'm already kind of thinking about those recipes so I actually get to make them whereas I shot reindeer food right after Christmas so I felt like I was kind of like laying behind everyone else because I still had like Christmas trees and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens. I uh, yeah. My other podcast is a Dungeons and Dragons show and uh, we're like recording our Halloween episode next week and it's not coming out till you know Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show. This is going to be super fun, I think. Um, for the So the sort of angle that I'm coming at this episode from is one of like making food look good. Because uh, I think that's something that we see a lot, you know, on TV and on YouTube and on Instagram. And I was like, okay, my other guest for this episode does primarily food photography. And a lot of that ends up being taking pictures of food from other people's creation, right? Which is like definitely a very cool skill on its own. But I was like, I want to make sure that the other person on this is someone who's like directly making the thing themselves. So mm -hmm. I can kind of get both angles of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious, what how do you make sure that the thing that you're making is going to look good? So with video, it's tricky because um, for YouTube, obviously, I'm showing people how to make it. So I can't lie in the video. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they see the process, so I can't just kind of make it look much fancier at the end because everyone has seen the process. Mm -hmm. In terms of shooting, um, I usually shoot with natural daylight because I feel like it makes food look much, much better. There have been some instances, though, on YouTube where I've been able to shoot it so that it, it looks better to the viewer than it actually did in real life. Um, there's this recipe a couple years ago 
It was a chocolate cake, so it's already brown, but I ended up burning it by accident. Um, but you couldn't tell because it was still dark. Right. So I just like went along and continued to ice it, and it looked very, very pretty, and no one was anyone, which was great. <laughs> so so a lot of the stuff that you make, obviously, is baked stuff that tends to have a lot of color, right? At what point during the like recipe creation process do you mm-hmm. figure out the visuals of it? I usually start with the visuals. Okay. If, if that's weird, um, I like thinking how, like, if I come up with a recipe, I'm like, okay, like, this kind of, like, macaron, this kind of cake would be cool, but, like, how would it look in my Instagram feed or how would it look on YouTube, like, based on the recipe that I just posted, will it complement it well visually? Because I love, like, just planning visual. I'm a very visual person. <laughs> and then from that, I kind of go backwards to be like, okay, how am I actually supposed to make this? And because... I shoot so many recipes, I don't have the time to, like, practice and try it out before I shoot it on YouTube. So a lot of the stuff, I'm just, like, winging it and hoping it works out. Most of the time, I'm lucky enough that it works out. Sometimes I have to scrap it, and I've, like, just ended up, like, crying in my kitchen. Because I'm like, oh, my God, I have a deadline, and mm-hmm. this is not working. <laughs> it's It's kind of, like, on the one hand, like, that's rough. And on the other hand, it's kind of nice to know that, like those those moments happen you know like it, yeah it's yeah. encouraging for anyone who's listening who's like you know tried doing stuff like this and has failed and has been like a oh, crap like you know maybe I'm not cut out to bake or whatever yeah no like I do this for a living and it still brings me to tears sometimes so don't <laughs> feel bad <laughs> On a lighter note, um, I was uh, so I was telling my kids that I was going to be talking to you tonight, and uh, so I pulled out your first cookbook, Unicorn Food, and um, was like flipping through it with them and telling them like, oh, you know, like I'm talking to her tonight, and this is some of the stuff that she makes. And uh, our six-year-old was like, you know, enthralled by all the you know cool Aww. pictures. The mm-hmm. the toddler just kept pointing at things and saying cake, no matter what yeah. page it was on. So you know, <laughs> varying levels of interest. But um, uh, I asked our six-year-old like what she would want to ask you if you know given the opportunity and Mm -hmm. she wanted to know what your favorite recipe that you've made is uh, out of all the stuff that you've done so far so you know no pressure you know not the hardest question in the world for someone who's been doing this for years but you know what's like a favorite of yours let me see okay so I have a couple that stand out for multiple reasons Mm -hmm. um okay so flavor wise my favorite recipe are my banana muffins it's just a very very simple recipe it's actually in unicorn food though the banana bread recipe that's the same base oh cool um, my mom actually made that recipe for me growing up, and then I've since stolen it and put it in my cookbook. <laughs> I won't tell her. But, you know, it's like, she, she knows. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I asked permission, but it's all good. Um, but I love that one because it's so moist and it's not too sweet. We cut the sugar in half, so it's not so much like a cake. It's more of like a breakfast bread muffin, mm. depending on how you bake it. So I love that one just because of the sentimental value. That's awesome. Another one is my hot chocolate French toast. So that I don't believe is in any cookbook as as yet. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> down the line, I'm sure I'll like throw it in another one. Um, but it's basically a big slice of brioche, and then you cut a little slit in the side, and you fill it with um, like chocolate bars, basically. And then for the batter with French toast, it's usually like milk and eggs and stuff like that. But instead mm-hmm. of milk, I use hot chocolate. Okay. And then we topped it with, I think, whipped cream and marshmallows and everything that goes on hot chocolate. And it was so good. But also, that was the first recipe that went viral for me. Okay. Um, Tastemade shared it. Tastemade is like this huge recipe, I don't know, resource. I used to work for them. Um, But they shared it on their Facebook page. And 
it was crazy. I remember I was hanging out with my friend and between the time that like we were outside a bar to when we just sat down, I think it got like a hundred thousand or half a million views. Wow. And so I think that's at around 27 million views. So that one is definitely just the top. It was so good as well, which is important. Like, actually, it was good. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a huge changing moment for me, too. That's awesome. I, um, I, I want to come back to the banana bread thing. Because uh, yeah. you were saying you got that recipe. It's the one that was, like, passed down from your mom to you. Yeah. I think there's something really really special about those, like, family recipes that you get to pass mm-hmm. down. Do you, mm-hmm. um, do you think, like... Like, if I have kids? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, yeah. I try not to ask people if they're, like, planning to have kids. But in a, in a <laughs> well, hypothetical... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a hypothetical future where you have kids, would you, like... Yeah. Would you pass them down, like, cookbooks you've published? Or would you pass them down, like, a, a scrawled-by-hand notebook, you know, where the pages are stained, <laughs> you know? I don't know. So I don't even know any of my recipes off the top of my head. I have to refer to my books, which I'm like, is that really cringy? I don't know. But Fair I enough. feel like my kids would be like, oh my God, mom, like you're giving us your cookbook. That's so stupid. <laughs> so I feel like by the time that they'll be able to like cook themselves, they'll probably be completely over the fact that I do it for, for work. <laughs> so, so I don't know. But um, of course, I'm going to like cook for them and I'm so looking forward to making their like birthday cakes and stuff like that and even making like homemade baby food that's a whole nother world of cooking (laughs) that I haven't dabbled in yet so I am sure that stuff that I make for them oh I I hope that they'll like want to carry it on with them wherever they end up going (laughs) I get that I uh I definitely you know I was I was out grilling yesterday and uh Mm -hmm my uh my two-year-old was out with me and it's there's something nice you know obviously I'm not letting him flip stuff on the grill yet because he's two and it's a (laughs) flame but (laughs) (laughs) there's uh there's something nice about like you know I'll I'll hold him in my arm and kind of like you know lean him away from the grill while I'm flipping with the other hand and you know seeing him like watching it and kind of absorbing what's going on and then you know we Mm -hmm. come back inside and he's got like a a plastic play grill of his own in the living oh, room. Oh, I saw that on Instagram. That was so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where like I spent more on one toy than I ever thought I would <laughs> for like a piece of plastic, but like he loves yeah. it and it's it's you know there's something nice yeah. about that like kind of sentimental like sharing a thing like that with your kids and I think that that food is one of those like rare things that are like easy to do that with almost because everybody yeah. eats, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's the dog bark. Yeah. Thank you, Treacle, for <laughs> including your commentary. I gotta say, uh, listeners, if you have not seen Kayla's dogs, you must see <laughs> Kayla's dogs. They are so perfect. Thank you. They're my babies. I love them. <laughs> I love that. So coming to like the online side of it, how many subscribers are you at now? I think I'm at 71,000, but Instagram is my biggest. At, I think it's at 134,000 right now. Okay. So mm-hmm. so uh, I was going to say a combined 200,000, but I guess pr- there's probably some spillover between the Instagram and yeah, the, the like, YouTube. Yeah, I, I know. I have like six figures on Facebook too, Okay, but I haven't touch that audience in a while which I should be and I'll be back to it so <laughs> fair enough so so let's say like it's probably safe to say you know you're you're in the like in the hundreds of thousands yes, of, of yes. you know followers across platforms do you yeah. do you find that there's like a a cool community around that or do you find that still a lot of the time it's sort of mm-hmm. uh shouting into the void like shouting into the void feels weird to say when you've got a huge audience but you know what I mean like <laughs> do, you, do you find there's some give and take there yeah yeah um Every so often I get 
tag in a post where someone made one of my cakes for like their children's birthdays or something, or they made cupcakes for their dog. And they say that like, Oh, my dog never likes this kind of food, but they love your cupcakes. And it just, it touches me so much because I can't believe that's something that was like a half baked idea in my kitchen actually went and like just was a part of somebody's day and it's something that's like now in photos of like them and their kid I think it touches me so much so yeah it's, it's really sweet and there have been people who've been um following me for years and I still like I remember their usernames and I still see them now and I just it's so nice that's cool I like that <laughs> there is something really neat about that sort of feedback and like yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think especially like when it's a recipe that you've created and it comes from mm-hmm. you, like getting to see strangers who like it affected them just enough that like, you know, they decided yeah. they want to do that and make that part of their time is is so cool. Yeah, like I feel so humbled. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you for <laughs> for like making me a part of your child's birthday. That's so nice. Have you um have you had people like request stuff? Of you? Oh yes, all the time, all the time. Um, nothing weird. <laughs> but, That's um, fair. You know, I, I, like, thankfully, um, but no, we, I get requests all the time. Um, a lot of like macaron recipes. Right now, I'm living in a place where the oven is is very, very strange. It's very temperamental. You can't put in this specific like temperature. You have to use a dial, which is oh. so new to me. So I don't trust it for macarons. So it's going to be like two years of no macarons on my channel. Um, but <laughs> Um, no, um, a lot of people, like, um, the, the requests I get are really, really good. And like, I love doing them because I just, I want to make what my followers want to see. Right. So it's really, really helpful when brainstorming and stuff like that too. That's awesome. What's been the, uh, what's been like one of the weirder requests that you've still like gone through with? Let me think. I don't think there's been anything completely strange I know like some people have requested like anime that I don't know and I'm like I don't know if it's on brand to do it and then I didn't do it and then like the next video they got mad at me for not doing it and I'm like oh <laughs> well it doesn't make me want to do it anymore now <laughs> but no everyone's actually been quite nice of the best but like danishes or like a cape shape a cape cake shaped like a fish Okay. Or something like that. So yeah, my, my audience is pretty tame, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's that's good. It's uh yeah. It, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Treacle howling. She's three pounds, but she can be louder than me. That was so. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel your pain on the like bad oven situation. Ours yeah. like it's an old like I'm pretty sure it's 10 years old at this point it mm-hmm. runs a little cold but we're not totally sure how cold <laughs> so it's like really hard to bake anything that like needs any precision mm-hmm. and the like uh the handle to open it fell off so we have oh to like gosh. grab the sides of the front of it every time we want to open or close it oh, which is just is not good yeah yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it, it's fine we're getting back. it works yeah. I mean you can get one of those little um uh, thermometers for ovens I think off Amazon and you put it inside and then when you set the temperature of your oven you can see what it actually is on the inside right yeah, yeah. so that might help you with the temperature thing but I have no advice for the handle <laughs> it's it's you know you live in in a house with a bad oven when it's easier to control the temperature on your barbecue than it is to control oh my gosh <laughs> I I'm, I haven't even touched barbecues I have no idea <laughs> I, I'm going to challenge you to bake something on a grill someday. See how oh, that goes. God. See, like, that's, like, the weirdest request that I've gotten. <laughs> there we go. I win. What's something that you are hoping to, like, show to people with the content that you're making? I think 
my takeaway is that even if things can look super difficult and overwhelming, because I know some of the stuff that I do looks quite complex, it's actually super easy. If we just break it down and if we just go step by step, it, it's pretty much like it, it's doable. I mean, some things have a little bit more techniques to them, um, but things are actually a lot more simpler than, um, or a lot more simple than people might think. So don't be overwhelmed. Don't doubt yourself. Just try it. And I mean, like it's baking. If it tastes awful, you can just like throw it out and try again. Like no one's judging you. So don't worry. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I think, I think people get intimidated. I mean, hell I get intimidated by baking. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't bake. I cook, I cook a lot, but baking is something that I, uh, I talk about this a lot, but I am just so intimidated by it. Uh, mm-hmm. And for no reason, really. Like, I, every every reason I have for being, you know, afraid to, to try my hand at baking is, like, total nonsense. And really, I need <laughs> to just get over it and start trying. But yeah, like you, like you said, like, everything, anything that you can do that you've never done before is worth trying, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, I feel like cooking is almost harder than baking because I am a very type A. So with baking, you have to follow the ingredients and the instructions exactly because it's a science. So that's why I always felt like it was safe because I'm just like, I just follow whatever the person says and it will be fine. Whereas cooking, you can just like change the flavors and all that stuff. And I've tried and I'm awful at it. I love being told what to do in the kitchen. Um, so yeah, baking is actually almost easier in that sense. <laughs> That's funny. I, I find I'm kind of the opposite way where like, yeah. I, uh, you know, my approach with recipes is always to kind of like look them over, get a sense mm. of like what the sort of flavor profile I'm looking for is, mm-hmm. find out how long the thing's supposed to cook for because I don't want to, you know, undercook yeah. them. You know, mm-hmm. most of the time I'm I'm looking at recipes to make sure that I'm cooking the meat for the right amount of time. Yeah, because yeah. I, I don't want to undercook meat. I just don't. that's important. Yeah, and and like you know, with that it'll be like okay, four minutes on each side over medium high heat, done, mm-hmm. and then I just put the recipe away and figure it all out from there. And, oh my gosh! And so like, like I you can't do you that so with baking. No, <laughs> no, no, you cannot. I, I had a friend, a roommate in university, and I was teaching her how to bake, but she didn't know that you couldn't like change up the recipe yet. So she was like, "Oh, I didn't have butter, so I used something else." And I'm like, "No!" no. Gosh, oh my gosh! I have such a funny story. My boyfriend, and he can hear me say this, so I feel kind of bad. But he, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's staying with me now because of ooh, wonderful coronavirus. But I mean, it's fine because he's here. But he um he works in the states, and so he was making it uh, actually that banana bread because he missed me and he wanted to like try baking and then he was getting um he was like trying some new things adding some different things and he's like I'm gonna add avocado and I'm like oh my god don't do it and it ended up tasting awful and like I wasn't surprised but I'm like I want to be a supportive girlfriend and be like yay you can do it but I'm also like don't it's gonna be so (laughs) gross and it was really (laughs) I felt really bad but he made it with love and that's what matters yeah yeah that's it (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, I I can't think of situations where I would substitute avocado for anything, frankly. No, no, <laughs> like especially like in a cake. I'm like, okay, I I I, I, I mean, like I want to be nice and like maybe it could make it more moist, but but no, like <laughs> don't don't. <laughs> I think uh, I could see like if you did a carrot cake and then you made like an avocado frosting. Yeah, you know? I feel like it's better in frosting or like I think I've heard of avocado cheesecake. Okay. It's creamy, yeah, and the flavor isn't too strong. But I don't know if I would bake it. Right, yeah, that's it. Because yeah. with the cheesecake, you don't necessarily have to bake it. No, no, because yeah. most of the cheesecakes I make are um, 
or just like the chilled cheesecake because mm. I prefer that texture. Um, but who knows? I mean, if there is a baked avocado cake out there, someone please let me know because <laughs> I'll try it. Okay, so my challenge for you, Kayla, you're gonna make, you're gonna figure out an avocado cake recipe, and I'm gonna get you to bake it on a grill. All right? No. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> like as long as you get to eat it. Okay. Then... <laughs> I, challenge accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted. You can use my grill. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so before uh, before we wrap up, uh, I wanted to ask if you've got any like final words of wisdom for people out there who, uh, you know, maybe they're uh, planning to pick up your cookbook uh, mm-hmm. next month off Amazon or, uh, you know, maybe they're just wanting to bake something. Uh, do you have any like final words of wisdom for them? My advice, especially when I first started baking, I always forgot this and it always caught me off guard is read the recipe through completely before you start. Because there's some things that are mentioned sometimes later in a recipe or things that you need to prep in advance. So it's really good to read all the ingredients through, make sure you have everything, and then read through the steps just so that you're prepared. I always preheat the oven first before I do anything so that it's like nice and hot and ready so that whenever whatever I'm baking is done, it can be popped right in. When I was younger and first getting into baking, I always forgot. And then, like, after the cake was, like, all, like, nice and ready to be baked, I'm like, oh, my God, i got to wait, like, 15, 20 minutes <laughs> to bake it. So, yeah, I think I think that is my tip. And also, um, with baking, always make sure you measure because if you don't, things can go, like, catastrophically wrong. I mean, like, not, not too bad, but I, if you want it to turn out the way that it looks like on the photo, I always recommend following the measurements <laughs> it's funny i uh, i definitely had that once i was shooting i used to make cooking videos right this mm-hmm. is and and like i think i was making them actually pretty regularly when we first met um, oh my gosh i remember and oh, one of one. actually maybe the one that i made the one that was most recent when when we met uh mm-hmm. i had first off forgotten to preheat the oven and second when i did heat the oven i heated it a full 20 degrees colder than i was supposed to oh so for that for that video shoot i spend an extra like three hours in the kitchen <laughs> oh my god i like had to wait for the oven to heat up and then i threw it in and then it took like twice as long to cook as it was supposed to and so i was like well there goes any consistency in the lighting for this video <laughs> yeah, it's like dark by the end of the video yeah there goes yeah. the whole day <laughs> It was it was not good. So I would definitely echo that sentiment. Make sure you, you read through the whole recipe, preheat things yeah. to the right temperature. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Also, um, with cake decorating, you want to make sure the cake or the cupcakes you're using are completely cooled before you decorate them. Mm. I see that happen a lot, especially on the Netflix show Nailed It, Yep. where people try to decorate it when the cake is warm. No, don't, don't do it. it <laughs> I always like scream at the show. I'm like, no, because the heat will melt the frosting and you can't win in that situation. Like, the, no, like, nope. so just make sure it's completely cool. I usually let my cakes cool overnight when I'm filming and then I decorate them the next day Smart. just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. <laughs> did, did you see um, Martha Stewart's bakeaway camp? No. Oh, it's I'm like so a, curious. it's like a four part mini series that the food oh, wow. network put out like earlier mm-hmm. this month uh, where six contestants go to like a sleepaway camp, basically uh, like, in the field next to Martha Stewart's house <laughs> and oh. um, like she there's like an outdoor kitchen set up for them and basically there's like baking competitions but they're at the mercy of the elements and there's like bees and oh, stuff gee. oh it's, my gosh it's wild I would highly recommend it <laughs> oh I love Martha Stewart I want to be her so I need to watch that <laughs> keep keep at it one day yes. one day yes you yes. gotta one go day, to jail I'll, first I'll though 
I need to do insider trading to fully be Martha yeah. Stewart. No. <laughs> I don't know if you want to include that. <laughs> it's it's the best of both worlds. Then you get rich too. Yes, it all works out in the end, which is fine now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, getting rich, uh, do you want to tell people at home where they can find you? Should they uh, <laughs> should they want to come check out your stuff? Yes. So I am on um, YouTube and Instagram as Panko Bunny. So Panko, like the breadcrumb, and then Bunny. And then Facebook, I'm sure if you search Panko Bunny, it will come up. But the official URL is Panko Bunny Cooking. Um, I'm in the process of redoing my website. And when I do, there's going to be a bunch of freebies available for you guys. Ooh. As well as if you pre-order reindeer food, um, I have a bunch of freebies uh, ready for you too. So definitely check my Instagram in the next couple of days. And then you'll see how to make sure you get those freebies if you feel like pre-ordering. Amazing. I'll uh, I'll put a link to uh, your Instagram in the description of this oh, episode. Thank you. Uh, for ease of access for people. And if the pre-order link is available by the time I upload this, I will also put the pre-order link in here. If not, just yes. check the Instagram. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Perfect. Well, Kayla, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Up for Discussion. Do you have a favorite cooking show or Instagram feed that you want me to definitely check out? Tell me all about it on Twitter and Instagram at DownWithTalking. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash upfordiscussion and donate as little as a dollar. By doing that, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. Our patrons get access to our Discord server, the ability to request topics for episodes of the show, invites to exclusive Zoom dinner parties, and so much more. Again, that's patreon.com slash upfordiscussion to donate. We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at TeePublic. And of course, you can support the show for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. For every new review that this show gets on Apple Podcasts before the end of September, I will be donating a dollar to the NDG Food Depot. So go leave a review and maybe let me know that you did it so that I will know for sure. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam, and you can find links to support both of them and check out their work in the description of this episode. Last but not least, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. See you next week! I hope you understand It just takes a little time It takes a little I'm Tefra Jemian, the producer and host of the Yeah Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upgrade Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that change their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.